Hello, Chaotic Amateurs listeners. It's me, Bentley Michaels, to remind you of a few things. One, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Chaotic Amateurs. You can also uh, write to us on our website, chaoticamateurs.com. If you're an artist, you can submit art to us as well through any of those platforms. We'd love to see character renditions or anything that we talk about in the uh, episode that grabs your fancy. And make sure to go to our Patreon page. If you'd like to just give a dollar, get a couple uh, cool rewards there, all you listeners out there. Thank you very much for tuning in. Go to iTunes. Go to Podbean. Go to Stitcher Radio. Whatever it is you download the podcast on, leave a review. Help us climb the charts and take over the internet D&D world. And now, on to the first episode of Season 2 of Chaotic Amateurs. In a vast landscape full of adventurers... You are now listening to the world of Chaotic Amateurs. Greetings, Chaotic Amateurs listeners, and welcome to the new year. It is I, Bentley Michaels, your new DM for Season 2 of Chaotic Amateurs. Now, to my right, my immediate right, we're going to say the player's name and then their character's name, so you know it for later on. I am Caleb Hood, and I'll be playing Yamhorn Doril. I am Rent Weisenfels, and I'm going to be playing Durak Dragonsbane. I'm Milo, and I'll be playing Ren Life Soil. <laughs> Could you say that last name again? Ren Life Soil. That means he kills a lot. Oh, he okay. soils <laughs> life. Okay. It's a family name, yeah. okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they usually pick a family name after a trait, and I just, for some reason. Bunch of murders. Now, if you haven't listened to the first part, the first 25 episodes of Chaotic Amateurs, go back. Uh, because uh, Yamhorn, he's a returnee. Uh, Rhett was our DM, and and Milo is a new uh, player, but also friend of the show because uh, him and Boz were roommates for many years, and that's how uh, I know Milo. And if you've listened to The Hateful Place, you've heard all of us four jerks playing but together anyway. Who's Boz again? Uh, he was Aton. Oh, yeah. Aton. I think I remember him. Brah! Yeah. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> hey, yo, Bick. <laughs> now, uh, everything that has happened in Bravik in season one is now a year ago. A year has gone by Whoa. since Lanston Philly Duke, everybody's favorite character, heroically sacrificed himself to help save the city of Bravik. Um, we, you know, uh, Yamhorn has had some business. Uh, he's been going through some stuff, which I'm sure we will delve into later in this fine season. Uh-oh. And, uh, um, we're now going to transport to the land of Versberg, the Dwarven city state is what I called it. It's very, 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 very big. So here's a little intro for you guys. The capital state of Versberg is an ancient city built from the very heartstone of the mountain from which it's name. It's massive. Think Mount Everest. Um, it occupies 
uh, uh, the the uppermost part of the uh, of, of the island, and it, it ensures that the city uh, could not be directly attacked from the north, as they would basically have to attack a mountain. So it kind of cruddily looks like that up at the top. Uh, to the west is the Whispering Sea, with the small port city of Darnturum for trading and bringing in goods. To the east is the waters of the Green Depths, also with the small port city named Bulgurum for bringing in goods and trading. Now, you can't really tell because it's an eight, eight by 10 piece of paper, uh, but that little piece there in, from east to west, hundreds of miles. Okay. So it's split off into three sort of sections, east, west, and central. And you know, it kind of goes out even hundreds of miles farther south and that sort of thing. Uh, which apparently I already knew because what I have written here is the lands of Würzburg expand for hundreds of miles. <laughs> <laughs> but the heart of the city and original spawning point of the Dwarven culture form, uh, formed thousands of years ago is Würzburg. And while it has definitely grown outwards and a great majority is still underground, uh, if you were to go into the mountain and as you sort of see, it's kind of like Helm's Deep. That's what the sort of squares and stuff is it's built, mm -hmm. you know, like a, a huge community. But that thing is, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30 square miles of a huge, huge city. Um, the sort of uh, the ocean is in the back and we'll we'll post this. Uh, I'll draw a better one. and We'll post it on social media. Uh, the back of it is all ocean. And then you can kind of see like where the the longest uh, rectangle juts out. There's a little line with little squigglies. They basically built an ocean moat and then the crag of the mountain. So basically they cut out the front of the mountain and the crag of the mountain still goes up hundreds and hundreds of feet. So it's very hard to get in unless you're going directly through the center. And if you try to go over the walls, then you've got about a 30, 40 foot expanse of ocean to get over before you get to the other outside walls and into the city the dwarves are smart well they know what it they know how to do it yeah. um they sound like real beeholes <laughs> but once you get in to the mountain and into the city um uh you could walk all day and not reach the other side of the city because of uh tombs you know except for that sort of outside the expanse but once you get into the mountain uh and it also goes insanely deep down in and under the water and all that sort of stuff uh many of the passages and catacombs have been abandoned from back in the golden age of versburg but many dwarves say there are tunnels that go so deep so as to cut through the heart of the earth at the center of versburg is the main part of the city, which is what you can kind of see out there. Uh, it is massive and it is cavernous because of all the high walls and everything else. There are markets and buildings and houses littered all across the floor, but then rising up on all, on all sides, uh, thousands of feet are more rooms and houses built into the very walls. The caves, once you get inside, are so vast and so complex that it is very easy to become confused and lost, especially with so many tunnels abandoned. Now, uh -huh. while back in the golden age of Würzburg, dwarves were not ashamed to live on the surface and hunt in the open fields, which is basically once you get outside of the mountain and into the now the three other regions. Um, uh, you know, they did, you know, field work, forest, woodwork, and farm. Today, that isn't really the case. There is a split faction. Those who live above ground tend to be the workers, the drones, uh, helping keep the capital and its inhabitants taken care of. There's still a lot of land unoccupied on the surface south, and most surface dwellers don't necessarily agree with where the Dwarven Council has taken things over the last generation or so, which, with how long dwarves live, you know, has been about 400 years or so. 
the political structure of Würzburg is a representational republic. They have an elected senate with dwarves from the different city-states of the land representing them in their best interest that makes most of the decisions in the government. The senate in these last 400 years has become increasingly divided with a minority wanting to keep the old ways and keep themselves and keep to themselves and, and not really interact with the other lands, such as Bravik, unless completely necessary for survival. Uh, recently, quote unquote, 400 years. However, there has been uh, much movement to open more trading routes and has become, it has become insanely obvious that the capital state is worried really only about itself. In the last 200 years specifically, it has gotten to the point that of course the rich get richer and the poor become poorer. And the people in the outskirts and all those lands, like I said, are, are basically, uh, you know, fending not only for themselves, but they have to offer up a certain amount to the capital every month. It's not about community and doing what's best for all dwarves. It's about oppression, fear, and keeping the capital happy. There's been many small uprisings throughout the years and attempts both diplomatically and physically to take on the capital state, but they have either been met with no change or the bands of fighters that have gone into the mountain to, to fight have never been seen again. So there's a little Burzburg history oh, for you geez. to get us going. Uh, so you said the Senate is divided. Uh, there's some kind of staunchy old people that would there, prefer there to are, stay There are the ways. younger uprisings in the Senate that, are, that have been around that are of the newer generation that are definitely... Uh, uh, you know, have the new ideas and they're the ones that want to basically make rich, richer, poor, poor. Oh. And the few outliers, because in those three city-states on the outside, um, those three city-states on the outside, uh, there are, um, you know, they have their representatives, but once again, yeah, they're older and they're of the more, uh, you know, traditional ways of like, let's keep to ourselves, let's not make any trouble. But basically, they're always outvoted because they've stacked enough younger people in there to right. always outvote them. Okay. And you said there's been actual like physical uprisings that yep. have occurred, but okay. they've all been quelled, all been quelled. Um, and, and the people that uprose have never been seen again. So, Ooh, straight KGB stuff. <laughs> uh, actually this, this is a question for off mic just for, in terms of continuity with, with season one. So if we have, Würzburg was to the south of Brovik, mm -hmm. so if that's to the south, so, uh, but, but to the north of Brovik, there's ocean, so is there like a, a cove or, or some sort of bay? And then it's not all one landmass. Okay. We're taking, okay. That's, that's what I want to, that's why I want to ask off mic. No, that's fine. I approve of that. It's I not all one landmass. Okay. So we're talking like an and if we ever get into the ocean, archipelago, you're gonna have some fun. No, oh, jeez, I didn't last time. <laughs> <laughs> we got some bad experience yeah. with the ocean. <clears throat> now, hey, and those guys never really died. So, are you uh, you ready to get underway? Yes. Excellent. Oh, Shimmering cymbal sounds. <laughs> we now transfer to a small tavern in the western city of Darnturum. It's a classic seedy tavern with many dwarves and some other races milling about as it is a port city. Everyone's kind of ignoring each other because, you know, in order to keep the capital happy, they just sort of have to accept that you have these outsiders and stuff here. But everyone's, you know, they cool. They always kind of cool with each other. Now, in the right corner of the bar sit three figures at a secluded table. Now, I want you to think of the table as you as players 
and me as the person I'm going to introduce, it's a longer table. So there's three chairs opposite, and there's two figures sitting with their back to the wall, and one figure sitting on the opposite side of the table with two empty chairs. <clears throat> a dwarf with his back to the wall, and uh, he appears to be in his mid-200s as his beard and hair are definitely starting to go gray. He wears sleek, dark metal armor that almost looks black. His name is Vatred Bouldergrip, and he is an agent of the underground. Dwarves, not so smart, so they were like, oh, we like the underground. <laughs> the underground is obviously the dwarven resistance. To his left is a tall, sleek, pale figure in robes, likely Elvin. Sitting at one of the three chairs facing Valtred is a shorter, stouter character. All of them are sipping a drink of choice and seem to be awaiting someone else's arrival. Now at that moment, in walks another dwarf. He looks around briefly before spotting the table of three. He walks over, and as he approaches... Sorry, I was typing fast, and so like some of my guys' names have an L and some of them don't. I gotta go back to the original one. Uh, yep. Definitely needs an L. Um, so... The dwarf that just entered walks over to the table, and as he approaches, Valtred stands and greets him. Dalrock, it's good to see you. Please sit down. Okay. Do you sit? <laughs> do you sit? Yeah. Not right? <laughs> yeah. Which chair do you take? Middle or right? Uh, the middle. All right. As you sit down, a barmaid approaches... And says, hi, welcome to Ale for Sale. I'm Tammy, and I'll be taking care of you tonight. Can I get you anything to drink? She's going to be the first one we kill. <laughs> Mead. Okay. If there's anything else I can do you for, like any apps or any zerts, just let me know. <laughs> she walks off. This is the Applebee's of, <laughs> of Durnturum. You're not wrong. Ale for Sale is a franchise business. <laughs> I'm going to quit adventuring and just buy, buy into the franchise. You got to invest? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's an Ale for Sale on the east side. <laughs> so, Tammy walks away to get your mead. And Valtred looks at you and he says, we're waiting for another. And as if almost on cue... Dun, 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 dun. A tall, bald figure <laughs> enters the bar. He wears an unassuming monk's robe, but the robe is hiding studded leather armor, as well as scars given to him from falling into lava after rolling poorly. <laughs> the scars give him a slightly frightening and rugged look. Valtred stands and motions him over. Everybody, it's Yamhorn Daryl. Hi. <laughs> Yamhorn, you honored me by coming. Please be seated. All right. The barmaid comes over uh, with your ale, Durak, and she's like, oh, we have somebody new. Hi, welcome to Ale for Sale. Can I get you anything to drink? I don't care. Whatever he's having. 
Oh, okay. Well, points, if you want any, if you want any apps or zerts, just let me know. And she turns around and walks away. <sighs> Gentlemen, thank you for coming. I'm sure you're wondering why I've gathered you all here. I will be brief and to the point as I can't be out in public for too long. Not with everything that's going on. As you know, Wurzburg has been in decline. The whole world seems to be falling apart. There's been little hope as of late. We've been fighting in and amongst ourselves and have seen very little change. The capital only seems to be getting stronger. And there's something bleak on the horizon in which they seem supremely confident in. Durok, your great-grandfather, dealt with similar times. Your lineage guided us. And we need that leadership once again. We have information that we think will turn the tides of this war. And I have assembled you three for this simple quest. Retrieve the sword of your great-grandfather, Hiruk. And it will be the first step in helping restore peace and balance to Versberg. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm sitting in my chair backwards. Like oh, Riker. Oh, you're a cool guy? Yeah. <laughs> like straddling I about it, that. like still yeah. facing them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leg over Arms the back. over the back. Yeah. Like, like right. You got them flip sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> now, Durok, you know the legend of your great-grandfather. Uh, Hiruk was an apprentice blacksmith whose master was killed during Zarvog's rampage. Zarvog was a red dragon who also had an uprising surrounding him. Um, uh, uh, Hiruk took seven days and seven nights and forged a sword, imbuing it into the very soul of the mountain in which they lived. He offered the sword to any adventure brave enough to enter his lair and slay Zarvog. No one was brave enough, however. So, Zarvog, hearing that some bozo was out for him, came up to the city with his army and started wrecking the joint. Fursberg started attacking the mountain, which no one had ever done to that point, but he came from the front. Uh, so Hiruk grabbed the sword with a small band of brave dwarves and they fought an epic battle. Just like the sword, the sword, <laughs> they battled for seven days and seven nights, which is where the Versbergian saying seven days forged, then seven days more comes from, which basically means good things take time, be patient, blah, blah, blah. Now, Durok, you also know that the sword, as well as your great grandpa, went on a final quest that was ultimately supposed to create peace once and for all, but net, he never came back, leaving his son in charge by default. If you would like to share that information uh, with uh, the people at the table, you may, and we'll pretend you can just say I share information. <laughs> <laughs> so he lost the sword. Great-grandpa oh, went out on a final thing, never came back. He didn't lose it. He just never came back, and the sword's always been gone. And well, <clears throat> what? So I do share that information. Okay, and then I follow up <laughs> by saying, by saying, I mean, I don't want to repeat. You guys are. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a tale. <laughs> Buckle up. We Rewind. need that boss. Yeah. made wench. Uh, we need that boss like whistle thing. <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah. Oh, gents, let me tell you a tale. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so I, I basically recant the tale uh, briefly, and and then I say, "What do you think you you know where my 
great-grandfather's sword is? Gentlemen, the task I set before you is simple. Travel southwest through the Fry Oak Woodlands and go to the ancient dwarven seastone burial grounds. There, you will find Hiruk's mausoleum, which by my intelligence has enemy guards constantly on watch now. They believe the sword is there, and so do we. I thought nobody ever saw him again. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a mausoleum. He's got a mausoleum. It's oh. an ancient dwarven burial ground. So, uh, so, so it's like a family. So basically, tomb, right? what it is is it was erected. Uh, it, that's where, like you know, uh, in the olden days, the dwarves were buried in this very ancient spot, and uh, um, because you'll find out more later, and. Um, but yeah, they erected like a sort of a, a, oh, a mausoleum and a, and a place for people to go pray, meditate, that sort of thing to him. Oh. At, okay, yeah. cool. I was gonna say, yeah, nobody saw him, but they built a. <laughs> well, he a grave for him. That's he fought off Zarvog the Red, bro. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Where do you think the name Dragon's Bane comes from? Oh, the Bane of Dragons. <laughs> you got another literal name. Yeah. Okay. Well. Before it was just... Sorry, this is all out of character. I don't know if you're in character. <laughs> but no, before we were just like... He doesn't nameless. have a voice in my yeah. character. <laughs> we were just nameless nobodies before. Okay. And then my great-grandfather, like... Put him on the map. Put us yeah. on the map. Okay. And now we're the dragon's banes. Okay. <sighs> so he looks at all of you and says, Will you help me? Yamhorn, he's asked you here because he's heard of all of your tale in the last year. A, through Bravik, but then also what you've been doing, uh, you know, on all of your quests and uh, uh, and all those sorts of things. You know, backstory. Hey, we'll get some backstory episodes going for you folks later in the season. So, I have two questions for you. Oh, okay. Uh, Valtrad? Valtrad. Valtrad? Mm-hmm. It's like Valtrax, only Valtrad. Okay. Uh, I've got two questions for you. Nah. One, what's in it for me? Classic Yami. And two, <laughs> who is that guy? And he points to the third person. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Ren Lifesoil. Uh, I was just kind of hoping we could get Tiffany back over here and get some uh, fried <laughs> pork belly and applesauce. <laughs> and immediately, Tiffany comes back As with uh, Yamhorn's mead. No, she, she, she's very good at her job. Okay. okay. Comes back over with your mead, because she, she saw you guys talking. She didn't want to interrupt. And uh, so she comes back over, plops the mead down in front of Yammy. Oh, hello, Tiffany. <laughs> Hi. Um, Do you need a topper offer? Uh, yes, but uh, no, right. I would also like to have some uh, fried pork belly. No, oh, you want those fried pork belly apps? All right. Yeah. I'll get a order going in for you. Do you have apple butter? Do you butter? want the special sauce? Apple butter, if you have it. Oh, apple butter. No problem. Thanks so much. Thanks. So I just take a big gulp of my mead. Some of it runs down my beard, and I slam the mug down on the table, and I say, This is ridiculous! You think if... Uh, <laughs> you think you know where my grandfather's sword is? I would have went out and got it by now if, the, if it were so easy. It's taken us many years. And many things you don't understand yet. But... If they are guarding the mausoleum in the graveyard... I think you know exactly where the sword should be. He takes a drink of his mead. Fine. 
he puts his lid back on his knee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the German styles. Yeah, 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 beer style. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now to answer your question. Yes. You will all get 500 gold. Okay. At the completion of this. For your help in the underground resistance. Now I slam my fist on the table and I say, You dishonor my family name if you think I'm going to go and claim my heritage for gold. You don't have to take it. Good. (laughs) I was just being polite. I didn't expect you to. Give it to these two if you want. Ah, I'm a frugal dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) So, are you all in? Yeah, sure. Do I have to swear fealty to anyone? (laughs) Only to the gold that I'll be providing you. Then I'm in. But I want to know more about you. I'm just along for the ride, man. Uh, I'm just waiting on the pork bellies. I look to Valtret and I say, what qualifies this guy? Why is he here? Why did you pick him? <laughs> what's his life story? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's his strength? I, I mean, he from all me I many, can tell he is that he skills. really likes Tiffany. Well, and all we know about you, Eladrin, is that you like mead. And money. Right then, Yamhorn snaps back the hood off of his, his cloak and slams Ooh. his fist down on the table and says, You will not talk to me like that, or we will throw down. Gentlemen. And then he takes we're a drink an of his for meat. sale. Let's be a little classier. <laughs> and at this point, Tiffany comes back over with your pork bellies and your apple butter. Hi, is there a problem here? Uh-huh. Do I have to get the manager? Is everything to you guys liking? Yamhorn says no problem here, and he just huffs off to the bar and is gonna just drink another meat at the bar. All right, he's exactly pretty much what I expected. <laughs> now are you both in? You're crazy if you think I'm gonna let somebody go and claim my family's her- inheritance without me. All right, he uh whisper something into the uh, gaunt creepy looking figure next to him and he comes over to you Yamhorn and brings you back to the table okay I kind of I to to show that I won't be controlled by him I I nod to in agreement yeah I'll come back over but I kind of like a like a pouting child when a parent tells them sure. to do something, he wants to do it on his time. So he <laughs> sure. t- he slams back the mead first and then turns back and then joins the table again. All right, seat backwards. That's how you left it. Yep, hood back on. <laughs> you will have to follow the edge of the Fry Oak Woods, and when you come to the end, you must turn west. There, on the near edge of the land, you will find the Seastone Burial Grounds. Now, you, Durak, you know the tomb is a shrine. Because, as I said before, people go there and pray and all that kind of stuff. So, I even wrote my notes. You're slightly confused about this, but you guys got there before I, I did. I assumed that you would be. <laughs> uh, now, and I was going to do all that explaining then, but I guess I'll just skip back three pages. Okay. Um... It's 8 p.m. now. 
Oh, I didn't italicize it. All my dialogue's in italics. <laughs> <laughs> it's 8 p.m. now. <laughs> He's turned just into a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> and, you will and it will take you a day's ride to get there. You'll have to camp out in the woodlands and make the rest of your way tomorrow after you've rested. We have steeds for you waiting outside. So, finish your food, finish your drinks, and off you go. I'll take another drink. Tiffany! Yeah! One more mead and another one for the road. Oh, you want that to, that to go mead? Okay. She brings you back another uh, a stein and then what looks to be like uh, some sort of a plastic cup with like a lid on it. Like a, a to-go, cup. Coffee, a to-go <laughs> coffee cup. But it does have the little like Dutch brothers like n- sort of like raised <laughs> nipple <laughs> like, drinking area. So, you guys head off? I see you going. <laughs> yeah. Puckering up mm. to drink it. <laughs> That's fine mead. So when you've uh, finished everything, don't worry about the bill. Valtred's got it. Damn, this guy's treating us like royalty. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> I, I think it's well, he goes, he goes, you know, a uh, little bit of history, a little metagaming for you. He goes back uh, with your pops. Oh, he cool. was He was like sort of like a younger dude under your pops and kind of like a right-hand man to him. So he's, you know, a little bit younger than you. And uh, since you sort of, uh, you know, separated from that thing, mm-hmm. more information later. Um, you know, he kind of took over your mantle. Oh, okay. Yamhorn, uh, even even though he says he took care of the bill, Yamhorn slams five gold onto the table as whoever wants it can take it. So yeah. if, if Tiffany takes it as a tip, yeah, he, doesn't, we leave he, it for he Tiffany. doesn't care. Yeah. She then spends it getting drunk at the bar later. Night. <laughs> <laughs> Now's your chance. Go hit on her. And playing video slots. Yeah. <laughs> cigarette just dangling yeah, from her lips. Say cigarette. They're like rock. It's like it's like if the Flintstones were to do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's a living. <clears throat> so you make your way off southwestern along the edges of the Frylock Woods, and it becomes you know you know anywhere from four to six hours so you know you're it's about two in the morning or so i'd like to make it very clear i'm not a big talker so perfect for a podcast (laughs) i know if it's up to me we're making the ride in silence however i got a feeling about this one over here (laughs) (laughs) ren rilo ken earth soil what was it life soil because he soils the life with poop. The life of fools. <laughs> Durok dragons. <clears throat> Durok. Tried to make it sound as Klingon as possible. Yeah. So, um, you guys can talk. You guys can uh, travel in silence. But you make the journey. And uh, at about uh, two or so in the morning, you find a nice sort of little uh, uh, area that, you know, like how if you go to... Uh, certain campsites, that sort of thing. There's clearly a, like a, a half circle type thing where people have cleared off. Like this is, um, it's got a nice sort of picturesque view off in the distance. You can see, um, you can see the west, uh, the west sea. I forgot what it was called because it's all the way up. The like whispering sea. The whispering sea. You got it. And uh, thank you for paying attention. Or writing and, notes. And yeah, I mean, I, um, I invented the whispering sea. And also, sea, cr- so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, uh, um, and so. You guys can set up camp, and if you have anything you'd like to talk about, you can, or you can go to sleep, 
eat some more food if you have, you know. I'm, he gave you uh, like a pack of rations and that sort of stuff. He's a very polite guy. He's sending you on a quest. So well, this is the Dwarven Burial Ground? We're, we're not that there. We're, we're near to. the Fryo Forest right you're, now. You're about, you're, about, uh, you're about like halfway point okay. type of thing. Uh, can I know a little more about Dwarven Burial and what this place might look like? You can when you get there and you can see it. Or you can ask the party's door. There's a he door. Knows anything. Kind of what I was. Is there anything I need to know before I start talking? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be uh, real mystical. Well, if you're not talkative, you should just be real, like. Minimalist. Yeah, you already said you weren't talkative. So. Oh well, I'm just saying, like, like if you it's say, up to I don't me, want to talk. I'm not going to talk. But if people are going to ask me questions that are reasonable, I don't mind reasonable conversation. Hmm. What I don't, you just don't like, like talking to idiots is fluff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Durok, can you tell me about the dwarven burial process? Well, Insert. you'll see it when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sight to behold. Well, you see, most dwarves consider it a great honor to be entombed in stone. However, my great grandfather's body was never recovered, so. Who the knows what we'll find when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, you don't return yourselves to the ground? Well, we return ourselves to the stone. They, they put our bodies in, in the stone. It's, it's better than ground. It, it's, like, it's like a cairn, except instead of just a bunch of rocks, it's like literal stone, you know? Like it's real out, cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically like coffins of like stone of like stone and stuff like that. But if you want to be like, I've got stuff for this later. Okay, so. uh, you'll see uh, when wait, you get there, Ren. Let's let's do yeah, let's do a little vignette or a little montage. Yeah. So as as they're trailing off and talking about this kind of stuff, uh, Yamhorn is disenchanted with conversation, and he goes and he disappears for a few minutes into the woods and uh, he comes back a moment later when their conversation about burial is winding down and he's just got a couple of rabbits that he, he caught and uh, just starts um, field dressing them and putting them over the fire. Okay. um, Intending to share it with everyone. Hmm. And uh, he addresses the, the two guys and says, uh, I used to care about what people, what kind of lives they lived. And so what'd you guys lose in life? Uh, My father passed away around 10 years ago and it really hit me pretty hard. 10 years ago. How old are you now? I am roughly 76. Roughly? You don't know? I am a very old, old uh, halfling. You stopped caring. It it stopped mattering over the years. Okay. Uh, Nothing really seemed to matter after, after his passing. What, what did he do? Uh, He was actually a, like a, like a funeral master. Uh, Oh, is that why you cared about what he was? (laughs) That's why I was curious about Dwarven. uh, Yeah. That's actually kind of Burial process. So you guys were close then? Yes, we were very close. Uh, He taught me pretty much everything I know about it. Uh, the burial process is very, very beautiful in the okay. in the halfling culture. What about your mom? And I don't say that jokingly. <laughs> hey, what about your mom, huh? So she's single? <laughs> <laughs> well, my mother is still alive, uh, thankfully. Uh, 
and she runs a, a large tavern. Hmm. Yes. It's, Ale for it, sale? <laughs> it actually has the best uh, pork belly, I believe, in all of the area. Yeah, I'm assuming you were... Uh, Testing the Yeah, you were like, nah, not like mom used to make. <laughs> I, I was actually a pretty big fan of the uh, apple apple, uh, the butter. apple butter. Yeah, it was tasty. Okay. What about you, dwarf? Oh boy. What's it to you, Eladrin? You don't have to tell me if you don't want. Then I won't. I just... Look at Worrisburg right now. Yeah? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I've lost. All right. Uh, seeing that this conversation is going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm horn curls up with his pack under his head and starts to drift off. Okay. A little bit of meta game for you. You got, you got to earn it. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about you. <laughs> like I want to hear some in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you like probably after our first battle together, okay. like I'll probably, you start know, yeah, yeah. We can that. let it, let it, let it happen. He'll okay. start hugging a lot yeah. more than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, just, all right. So you it. guys ate some rabbits, belly's full, all warm fires going. I thank you with a grunt and then turn over and go to sleep. So have you all... Uh, that was the unthankful dwarf. Have you all uh, gone to sleep here? Uh, wash up a little bit and say a quick prayer and then, yeah. That's okay. Uh, is anyone taking watch? <laughs> nope. I'll take first watch. <laughs> okay. And then I let myself drift once he says that. And I walk away from the fire a little bit, you know. I kind of... This is with my night vision, so... My... my, my uh, I don't know if you'd say MO, but... It's more of out of habit and just kind of like, whatever, let's just get this over with, figure out who's taking first watch, and then I'm immediately to bed. But realistically, I don't care. I'll just deal with whatever happens. You right, know? right. Uh, I just volunteer to take it because... Yeah. Because that's... And you walk easy. away, and so you're sort of out looking over the ocean. Now, I want all of you to... Uh, Make Poop. a wisdom check. <gasps> Do I make one if I'm yep. falling asleep? That's why I said all of you. And put it against your perception. Thank God. So I have to surpass my passive perception? So it's a perception check, not passive perception. So, so there's like the wisdom thing, and then there's like the specific yeah. perception... So whatever so that. Add that? Yeah. Nineteen. Okay. Uh. Minus ten. Eighteen. Okay. Can you believe it, guys? Yamhorn got an eighteen. I'm just like what? <laughs> Especially it, when he has zero. And wisdom. then you rolled it again. What? As you threw it, dude, that uh. was uncanny. <laughs> new Yamhorn, man. New Yamhorn. He's leveled up. New season. New Yamhorn. New rolls. All right. Was it going to matter? <laughs> okay. No one got a natural. Okay. No one got a natural twenty. That was the only way I so was going to let you. Everyone's rod. asleep. What? We have. Nope. Oh. Because Bo's over here fell asleep looking at the ocean, and nah, also that's impossible. Magic. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's D and D. You all start to dream a very similar dream. Great. Which is, it's almost kind of like watching the trailer 
of uh, of Hiruk and his dwarves battling this mm. battling the dragon battling uh, all of those people back in Versberg and then you start to see sort of uncomprehensible flashes of what you probably perceive because you don't know anything about it you specifically you two are just like oh more movie but you specifically perceive he's it. pointing at Durak sorry uh, sorry you I couldn't remember his name yeah. uh, Durak you uh, I'm just gonna start calling you the rock uh, Durak <laughs> you specifically uh, get the idea that this is probably the final uh, uh, quest and mission he went on and it's just passing images and that sort of stuff but it all leads back to the cemetery and uh, and the mausoleum itself. It kind of like it like flies in and then choo, 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 like zooms in. And at that point, you all awake. And uh, sun is in the sky. You're slumped against a rock. You know, however, re- outlooking the ocean. Fires out, and uh, you can come back to camp. And they're packing their stuff up. I, I had a dream last night, guys. This is something that doesn't happen very often. It was really vivid. Um, there was fighting and and epic dragon battles. Uh, it was, was my grandfather you saw. Yalmhorn. Hearing this, Yalmhorn raises his eyebrow, but kind of keeps to himself as he's packing up. Kinda, but he's listening because okay. he obviously is starting to put together like that sounds really similar uh really sorry what was the guy's name who sent us on this baltred baltred baldriget baldriget something Um, you can tell that i'm actually really excited about having this dream and it's something that is really yamhorn will take the bait what you don't dream baltred (laughs) boulder grip boulder grip Grip. and i only call him by his family name your boldy. <laughs> so you don't dream or what? This is this is something very new to me. It's uh, I don't. Are I don't halflings think... real people? Do they not? <laughs> <laughs> like, are they machines? I've I've heard of these things, but it's not something I've I've really experienced in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm really aghast at this. My mind is just normally quiet at night, and yeah. this is. Have hmm. you have you had one of these vivid experiences before? I think this was more than a dream. Is this from somewhere greater than us? Is this was this given? Yamhorn says, "Consider it a blessing that you haven't had dreams up to now. All I have are nightmares." Agree. Super emo style. I look at you and I kind <laughs> of I give you an understanding nod. Yeah. All right. So, would you guys like to pack up your your steeds and continue on? Ooh, do I have a mount? Yeah, he gave you guys all horses. Okay. Can I name mine? Sure. You got to remember it. <laughs> all right. It's Hickory. All right, Hickory. Mine is Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> and is it like a horse or like a... Yeah, it's a horse. You sure like it's a not a war horse? It's not. By the time I get done with it, it will be. <sighs> Where's my war horse? So who who named their horses? I did. My Hickory. And it's Tammy. That's right. Tammy. But it's obviously a boy horse. 
<laughs> Ren, you gonna name that horse? It's a horse. All right. Damn. Call it horse. The name it doesn't dream Andy doesn't like animals. <laughs> <laughs> Not a creative bunch, those it's, folks. It's just a tool. Yeah. Oh. I actually like animals more so than people. Cool. So you guys pack everything up. You keep uh, continuing southwest. Uh, you travel for quite a long time. And we're just staying along the edge of the forest, <clears throat> The right? edge of the forest. And sometimes, you know, the land mass to, your, uh, uh, to the west gets larger, so you lose the ocean. Sometimes it, like, you know, it just seems to be this sort of weird trail that sometimes you're very close, but then also then it goes in deeper, but you're following the tree line and not the actual uh, outcropping. Gotcha. So... You travel most of the day, stopping when necessary, and uh, um, finally, you start to get to uh, this part where you specifically have to start to kind of curve right, and the tall, tall trees that have been uh, the woods, think Endor and Star Wars, um, sort of start to dissipate, and it starts to become a little bit more manicured, and off in the distance, you see um, thinner trees, far more sparse, and very, very far off in the distance, you can just barely make out that it definitely is raising upwards, you know, like onto a hill. Now, um, uh, you can go forward, but um, tell me what you guys want to do. So, guys, uh, what were the directions? We were supposed to go to the end of land? We were supposed to pass the Fry Oak Forest and then turn west. Which is basically what Which the land makes you what do. we're doing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is the right path. It's been many years since I've been here. I suppose I don't honor my great-grandfather as much as I should. Yo. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to bust your chops about that, but it's okay. Uh, so do you remember that. this hill? What's, what's on the other side or what's on the top rather? <clears throat> yeah, that hill, that's the spot. Oh, you mean the spot, like where we're headed? Either way, once we get to the top, we'll know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you been here before, Ren? Any of this look familiar? No, not at all. This is all, yeah, very new to me. Okay. Um, are you a man of it, faith? Just, absolutely. Yes. Okay. What? Who's your god? Uh, uh, nope. Jo- Joe June. <laughs> yes. Just kidding. Joe June, Pacific. <laughs> those are the only two we know about right now. I have it written down. Ulagan. Ulagan? Yes. He is. Like double O? It is. Or, is oh, that a real D&D Ulao? god? Yeah. Okay, fair it's enough. The, the, uh, We're supposed to Oh, yeah. Oregon? Or is it an L? Oregon. It, oh, yeah. It's got an L. O or U R O. G A L A N. Ulagan. Okay. And he's the uh, halfling god of uh, uh, basically the afterlife, mm. death. Mm. Which what? fits my yeah. backstory. So. So you see the trees, you see the road is going up. <laughs> uh, is the you- road extra steep uh does it look like a horses can make it up easily um it can uh you can ride the horses forward because the 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 uh, um you know the trees like i said are far more sparse and definitely newer looking so like there's much more uh, clearer feel, field of vision okay. 
so so it's not that steep. Uh, uh, from where you're at now, no. Okay. So would you guys like to ride forward? Yeah, I've yeah. I've started already. But uh, okay. but I'm I'm slowing. Like if we were going at like a gallop or you know a relatively quick pace before, mm-hmm. I, I'm slowing down. I want to hear more about his God and why he believes in him. Um, basically I grew as up we're, as we're making mm-hmm. progress. Uh, I grew up, uh, my father was a pastor for, for the uh, community. Uh, he did all of the burials and, uh, I kind of followed in his footsteps for a long time. Uh, and I went to like a, a cleric school and learned about the different, uh, uh like things that you do as a pastor. Duroc make a perception check. Oh, this ain't good. It had your proficiency. Uh, yeah. Six. Okay. Nothing happens. We continue our conversation. You, uh, <laughs> you, you innately know, since you've been here before, that you're getting closer. That's all you got. That's it. Fair enough. Basically, I was born into the faith. Um, okay. I kind of don't feel like he has blessed me as much, and I've kind of straight At away. that, Yumhorn scoffs. Like, he's like, <laughs> But I know Sorry, that, continue. I know that he has great power. Okay. And what about you, Dwarf? What of your faith? Durak, make a perception check. Actually, I While know While you're he, talking, though. 22. Then you say you notice and you go in a minute because you notice finally off into the distance. You can see, uh, you know, through uh, the thinning trees and they start to get thinner as you guys get farther in and start to, you know, slowly start to move your way up. Uh, uh, Pause. You see. Does Yamhorn notice anything? Nope. About the trees that's that's nope. making them thinner and spindly? No, they just thin out because... Just natural... Because... Topography. Burial ground is coming up, so they've okay. taken out the trees. Uh, like, I don't notice anything. No, about, you're asking okay. everybody's life story as usual. <laughs> well, but, but you know, the the surrounding is the surrounding, and, and Yumhorn, there's still a little bit of them that Yeah, but you're looking it. at him, talking to him, and then you just looked over at him and asked him about his life story, so you're <laughs> so not I'm paying not attention. being allowed. I no, <laughs> no. If you weren't talking, I would have asked you all to. Okay, okay. But you guys were talking. Yeah, okay, I'm focused on you and your so, story. So you say, in a second, and you stop the party, because off in the distance, you see the very edges of the dwarven burial ground. Mm. You notice, as it was when you were last here, there is a six-foot-high stone wall that surrounds all the way out, and you can tell that it kind of curves, but you lose it once again as the trees start to get thicker out. Now you know, Darak, that this surrounds all the way out basically to the edge because once you get up to the top of this thing, it becomes basically a cliff overside type of thing. Mm. And you can see the ocean. Okay. Um, Sounds like a really pretty place to be buried. Yeah, it's up on a huge stone thing that outlooks the ocean. So. Okay. Can I be buried there? Or do I have to be a dwarf? Got to be a dwarf. Dang. But, uh, yeah, you can't really see the ends of the wall. You just know that it's there. There's a central entrance. 
Now I want all of you to make perception checks. Add that wisdom. 20. 20. Four. <laughs> you two notice. <laughs> Yamhorn's back. Are we surprised? Yeah. Yeah. You two notice that there are two small figures at the front of the cemetery. And they're the size of dwarves, but you get the feeling that they are not quite like a dwarf just because like in the distance you see them and you've been around dwarves enough that you see them, you go, looks like a dwarf, but maybe something else. How would you like to proceed? Um, I mean, personally, oh geez. Personally, I'm one to just walk through the front. I would like to just walk my horse right up there and I'm still waiting for a faith talk. Um, I don't know about any of this, so um, there's some people up here at the gate. You should probably Wait, be aware of. Also, yeah, Durok, you know that this place is not guarded. Also, you know that Valtred had told you there, there are enemies. enemy guards, <clears throat> and he told that to him only. Oh, I no, I told it. Or was it? We were at the, the table. You might have been yeah. like sulking. Sulking, the bar. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been during. Your I was pout. just waiting for like gold, mead, and pouting. Yeah, and pouting. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, I look over at Ren, who seems to be the only one that notices. And I, I do tell Yamhorn, of course. I'm like, there seems to be somebody blocking the way. I look over at Ren and I say, uh, traditionally, this place is free of any sort of sentries, guards. It's a holy place, sacred to my people. We don't need to protect it. Could they be just visiting? Perhaps. You can definitely tell that they are not just visiting. Okay. Especially, once again, with the knowledge that you know that the bad guys put sentries here. I And Yamhorn says, why would they be on the outside if they were visiting? This is suspicious to me. That's a good question, Yamhorn. I personally face my problems head on. And I say... Yamhorn slow claps at that and says, first of all, congrats. Sarcastically. I don't say it. I'm saying I personally face my problems head on. Okay, then <laughs> Caleb <laughs> slow claps and says, first of all, congrats to uh, Rhett. Uh, um, I, say, uh, I say, you know, if there's intruders on these grounds, I have a duty to take care of them. Yumhorn giggles. Duty. <laughs> Sounds like we're honor bound to take these guys down. It's up to you. You guys can sit it out if you want. <laughs> yeah, I think I will. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? If it gets me closer to my gold, I'll, I'll help. Glad to hear it. How very mercenary of you. Well. Okay. So you guys, are you going to stay on your horses or how are you going to, uh, we're going still, to we're them? still like, there's still trees and stuff around. Yeah. You, I they have, they have not noticed you. You're okay. far enough off that like, and the, it's thick enough back there that yeah. like, you know, you, I want to, I want to take my horse in a little bit off the path, like far enough to where it's not obvious. Yeah. Cause you guys are basically think of it this way. The trail leads you, if you were to keep going straight, you would go right to the entrance. Right. And remember that for hundreds and hundreds of feet on either side, there's a six-foot stone wall that right. curves out around. 
and and you are far enough out that you can you know go wherever and try to do whatever yelmhorn goes to Durok. dwarf do you know of any other entrances well of course there's an entrance on either cardinal direction but this is the most close there's not an entrance in that. There is direction. only usually, this but this one's special, right? Yeah, there's yeah. the center one, and if you want to scale up like a 500 foot cliff from this the ocean, the, this is absolutely the way we have to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Yamhorn says they specifically made it that way. It's it's set up very. Uh, uh, it, when you get closer, you would be able to tell him. Uh, I mean, you can tell him now, but it's very much set up. Ex- you know, like the castle is. Oh, right. Okay. The, that thing. So it's the one entrance. It's a smart one entrance. And maybe, maybe our culture dictates that entering from this entrance uh, purifies one's soul to be in this consecrated holy ground. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. Okay. Yamhorn. <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah. Yamhorn s- says we should tie our, our steeds up in the woods. Yeah. I, uh, and, I and agree. I'm. I don't know about you guys, but I want to approach uh, as much through the woods as possible so I can take cover and hide. I uh, I look at you guys and I say, let's tie our horses up over there. Yelm you guys horn. stick to the woods. I, I just said that. And I'll walk. That wasn't your idea. You guys cover me. I'll walk straight up on the trail. Okay. Seems kind of dishonorable to sneak up on these guys, but... Well, you can walk with me and he can be our cover then. Yeah, you, you <laughs> pretend to be like his kid or something. Uh, so yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to the woods and why don't i scout up ahead and just kind of get a closer look at these guys are you gonna come back and tell us are you gonna there could be a signal can we agree on a signal no i'll just come back all right or if you hear me scream catch up like catch up to me that oh. means I'm in trouble, and you guys should come right away. That okay. sounds good. I'm going to walk up to you, and I'm going to bless you with guidance. So you get a D4, and you can add it to a check. Awesome. And he hands him a legitimate and, D4. <laughs> and while Yamhorn receives that benefit, he kind of shrugs off the hand. You only have a minute for a minute, though. Okay. Oh. I'm off. Shoot. <laughs> hey, he's running. <laughs> Okay. I only have a nine-minute mile. Are you coming? If you're looking, if I were them, are you coming? Uh, the woods are on my left? right. Correct? The woods are all around. Okay. So are you coming? I envision myself on the right side of the path. So coming it, up through the woods. So you're coming from there. Is the entryway the facing the north? The entryway is facing west, towards the ocean. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm coming on their left. Okay. Oh. Northernly. Okay. Yeah, but I want to take cover and use my hide. Okay. Um, is that dexterity? Is that Why don't you just dress up like them? Hey yo! No, I Owen's I, back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I'm still I'm still in my monk's robes and with my thing drawn. So that way if like I am found out. Like, I could just say, oh, I'm just a lost monk, you know, meditating in the woods. Mm-hmm. Did you cross class or something since? Oh, I don't know. You'll see. Oh, um, I see what might be happening. But we'll see, I guess. So, so what is hide and tail? You tell me. Where's... When you try to hide, make a dex check until you are discovered or stop hiding. That check's total is contested by the, by the wisdom check yep. of another creature. Okay, 
that is actively searching for signs of your presence. And it sounds like since they're guards, they're probably continually. You can't hide from a creature that can see you. And if you make noise, you give away your position. Okay. An invisible creature can't be seen. So, so as you're, uh, so as you're approaching, I'm going to have you roll stealth. Okay. Nineteen. Good. You had to be twelve. Sweet. So So I'm, you're stealthily approaching. I'm creeping up. How close do you want to get to them? I want to get uh sixty feet. From okay. Them. And just all I want to do is size them up, see if there's anything particularly weird about them, or if they're just dwarven you know, fighters or something. Okay. So you check them out. They definitely look like dwarves, and you know, if you were to describe them, except that their skin is very, very different. Uh, it's very kind of almost dead looking, a blue mm. and a purple. Uh, uh, you see shields, you see dwarven stuff, hammers with spikes on them. Uh, one of them has a javelin on its back. And uh, there's two of them right there. Do they have name tags that I can see? No. Dang. No name tags. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what would you like to do? I'm going to run back. Okay. Stealth? Yep. Uh, 13. You can use guidance before or after your roll. Well, he said it was a, oh no. You beat me. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Okay. I got a 12. Okay, good. Um, so, so I make my way back. Uh, I, I feel like with just barely beating it, I step on a twig and it cracks and they kind of, what was that? And then I, they might perk up, but also they've been out there for a while. So they, they're used to things in the trees and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And then I make like a fake bird noise. I go, they shrug it off. All right. Bird over there. (laughs) Must've been a bird. (laughs) Wait, I didn't use it yet. It wore off. You only have it for a minute. Okay. Uh, and, uh, so I make it back to the, the guys. I say, these do not look like ordinary people. As you can tell, they're dwarven, but there's something far, far worse about them. They, they, their skin is just disgusting. It's all purple and green, and they have spikes on their weapons. And knowing one's got a javelin, about, so we got to be careful about that. Knowing anything about dwarvish culture, do I know what that like entails? Is that familiar to me? Make a history check. Yes. I, I would, <laughs> That's what you read my mind. I would also <laughs> like to make a history check. Go for it. Because you grew up in dwarven lands. Adjacent. I've read a lot. <laughs> yeah. Dwarven adjacent. 16. 21. Mm. Okay. The non-dwarf gets the... <laughs> <laughs> well, halflings and dwarves, they yeah, live yeah. near one another. Both um, Duroc... You, uh, this sounds familiar to you, but it's just sort of escaping. Okay. You're like, ah, it's that, uh, it's that, uh, Ren, you know that this is not good. That's all he knows. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's called dramatic effect. (laughs) Cause there's going to be music playing in the background. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ren, 
you know that these are called Duragar. Mm. That sounds bad. Now all of you need to make a perception check. Jeez. Oh, how many checks are you going to have? 22. Wait. Do you, do you relay Damn that it. to us? I do, of course. Yeah, of course. 12. Seven. Okay. You relay that because uh, you're close enough to the wall now-ish that you can see into the cemetery. You relay to them that you're fairly certain out of the corner of your eye you saw something moving, but when you Great. looked, it's not there anymore. Mm. It, it, you, you would attribute it, you know, like it's like you see shapes moving and you go and then not there, but it's like it caught your eye. Something seemed to be walking through the uh, uh, through the, uh, uh, the 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 cemetery. It definitely seems like something is like desecrated this place. Okay. Uh, Real quick, I go. I assume Boulder Grip wouldn't have contacted you if you guys weren't proficient fighters. And I place my hand on the pommel of my sword. Yelmhorn brings up the equivalent of the metal finger. I'm just saying. <laughs> so what would you guys like to do? So what's our plan of attack, guys? Um, look, I, I personally want to walk up to the front of the gate. That's my And just plan. see what they do to you? Yeah. If you guys want to like cover me, that's fine. You can go with me. You were saying you kind of like that idea. You can back us up. You can. All right. Do, do you want to flank? Like if you take the left side, I'll take the right side. Sure. Okay. Or do you want to stick together? I'd rather be close to one of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's Who's, up to you. Yeah. Meta game. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I know why. Okay. It's up uh, to you. Yeah. You and I, uh, which side do you want to take? Same side I went up. I know it pretty well now. Yeah. I mean, okay. that, that seems like the safest. Okay. Bet. Let's do that. So I walk right up to the gate and I'm the entire time I'm resting my hand on the pommel of my sword. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm standing up straight. I'm, I'm sort of like emitting my um, dwarven authority. confidence. Yeah, my dwarven confidence, mm-hmm. my authority, you know. So, yeah. Okay. And we're, we're sneaking, right? Mm hmm. Okay. So. Okay. I'm not sneaking. Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. Do we need a roll for that or is it. Duroc. Uh oh. Do you say anything? Oh, there! As I'm approaching them. Ren, I think it's about to pop off. Okay. They don't respond, but they definitely... Uh, the one on the right readies his hammer. Our right? Yeah, if you guys were okay. looking at it, your guys' right, which is the side you, you two were approaching from, readies okay. his hammer. Correct. The um, other one has a, has two smaller hammers in his hand. Okay. I just addressed them... I just address them like I would any other sort of soldier mm-hmm. since like in my past I held rank. So um, I just say, soldier, what regiment are you with? I don't like your smiles. <laughs> the one on the right mm-hmm. chucks his warhammer at you. Okay. Oh, mother, that's no small feat. And with that, we end this week's first episode. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in to Chaotic Amateurs. Now, (laughs) signing off. To my right, we have Caleb as Yamhorn Doril, Rhett as Duroc Dragonsbane, and Milo as Rhett.
And I've been Bentley Michaels, your DM. Grab your swords and keep on adventuring. Follow us across all platforms with Chaotic Amateurs. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice to help us climb the charts and find new adventurers. Or become a patron on Patreon to help our heroes continue their quest. Thank you for listening to Chaotic Amateurs. Chaotic Amateurs.